You're listening to Margs and Mystery, an unsolved mystery podcast. Every week, we'll bring you two creepy, unsolved true crime, paranormal, or unexplained stories while we have a margarita. We'll even share the recipe with you. Thanks for listening. week's margarita <laughs> yes this week we're featuring oh, I'm so small <laughs> be so strong <laughs> keep you safe okay. and warm alright what an underrated song Mammal's <laughs> head on Tarzan's body <laughs> what yeah, I was head on Tarzan's body as a baby. <laughs> Tarzan. Okay. This week's featured margarita comes from a local Mexicano restaurante. Yeah. One of our favorites, if not our favorite. Our favorite. Yeah, our favorite Mexican restaurant in Austin. It's kind of on the DL, though, but I guess not anymore. <laughs> it not is. Not after we reach our 30 listeners. Phew. <laughs> Half of whom are not in Austin. It's going to blow up. Uh, it's called Santa Catarina. The original location, which is in Cedar Park, I believe, right? No, I think the original Lakeway? was Lakeway. Lakeway, sorry. It's a Lakeway location. And we had a regular prickly pear margarita at Jalapeno's. Yep. Frozen prickly pear and jalapeno margarita that day. It was great. Fantastic. Can't say enough good things about Santa Catarina. We love it. So if you're in... The Austin area, just swing on. Swing on by. Swing on by. It's worth Their it. Their food's good, too. Ugh. It's so good. Okay. All right. We're going to do the virtual coin. I can, I can sense your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> that Tarzan song really <laughs> threw me off. Oh, and so small. I'm going to put Meow Meow's head on Tarzan's <laughs> body. I got to ask someone at work to do that. I can do it. Oh, you can? Yeah. Okay. Go. All right. Ready? Do you I call, call it? it? Yes, I think so. No, no I you, call it. You do it. All right. Uh, tails. Okay. Heads. Oh, wow. <laughs> you never win. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so my photo clue. Do you have any idea? No. Made me upset. So I'm kind of excited about it because I had never heard of the story ever in my life. Oh, okay. It is not in America. <laughs> Lola just... I'm pretty sure you could hear that. Lola just smelled the microphone. What's Aww. this, Lola? What is this? Look. Come here. No, no, she's over it. Come here. Okay. All right. So my story is not based in America. We go to Europe. All right. To Spain. Great. So it appeared to be what looked like some kind of a distorted face yeah. situation. So this is the story of the Belmez faces. Oh. <laughs> Belmez? Belmez faces. Belmez. The Belmez faces. Ready? Sounds kind of like some kind of prescription medicine. Belmez. <laughs> uh, I'm prescribed Belmez. <laughs> like some kind of depression medication. Okay. Here we go. In 1971... Strange stains began to appear on the concrete kitchen floor of a house in Belmez de la Morelera, a little village in in Andalusia, Spain. Stains. Stains. Stains in Spain. Stains in Spain. (laughs) In August 1971, Maria Gomez Camara 
noticed a stain forming on her concrete floor, which later seemed to turn into a disturbing face, apparently seeping up through the floor. <laughs> okay. This is real. I, yes. Maria tried to scrub away the face. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Nothing Maria. worked. Don't do that. Her husband and son destroyed the stain with a pickaxe and they re-cemented the floor. <laughs> I mean, so it went zero to 100 do. real quick. Yeah. So the face reappeared a week later alongside, alongside other faces on the floor. So, (laughs) I do not like that. The rumor spread quickly, and everyone talked about, quote, the House of Faces, which would eventually draw hundreds of visitors to the house, and everybody wanted to see this unexplained phenomenon. Phenomenon. For for themselves. (laughs) Phenomenon. So, Maria's family, eventually, they were like, all right, that's it. Yeah. They were over it. Over it. For sure. After the constant reappearance of faces on the floor of their kitchen. So instead of moving out, which would be the normal... Yeah, just leave. Right. They decided to have the ground beneath their kitchen excavated. To see what was going on underneath. Dead people. They wanted to get to the bottom of it. Literally. (laughs) And I wrote that in there. So I thought that was a good joke. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I thought that was a good joke. I thought Dad would like it. Yeah, probably will. Okay. During the excavation, upon reaching about 10 feet, they made a gruesome discovery. Uh-oh. They found the skeletal remains of several people buried deep underneath the family home. Oh, no. Some of the bodies that were discovered under the home even had their skulls removed. I'm sorry. Which may be an indication as to why the ghosts would choose to reveal their presence in the form of these Floor stains. <laughs> floor stains. So they didn't have heads. Their heads were gone. Right, correct. Okay. No heads. So the workers removed the bodies. Yes. They're approximately 700-year-old skeletons. Okay. So they could receive a proper burial. That's pretty old. But the family's troubles did not stop there. What year is this? 70s. Okay. Oh. So after the discovery, a new floor was cast in concrete, and everybody thought that the phenomenon was over. Yeah. With the new floor being installed, they were like, all right, that's it. New floor. <laughs> Bodies are gone. New floor. All right. Good to go. Solved. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Two weeks later. What? I wanted her to come back to me. Get closer. <laughs> Two weeks later, another face. <laughs> Another face, different from the one before, began to appear. Shoot. So this part of the story helps lend credibility to the family's claims, especially considering it was not cheap to dig up bodies in a house. Probably not. And replace a concrete floor. Not cheap. No. So why would they do that for fun, basically? Yeah. So that gives them a little bit of credit. But on the other hand, it also meant destroying the first Belmez face which makes it much harder to prove that it ever existed. Uh, there are photos, photo. though. Oh, oh, right, the photo clue. The photo clue. Was that the original? I don't believe so. I think that was a later one. Bell Maz Stains. Yeah. Bell Bell Maz Faces. Bell Maz Faces, yes. Yeah, we'll get into it, because you're probably looking at some other ones. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, are you ready? Buckle How up. How are they so detailed? Are you buckled? Yeah. So, there was a TV crew sort of experiment that they did. Okay. So, there were obviously a ton of rumors going around that the family somehow created these faces. Like, they painted it. Something was weird. Whatever. So, they needed some sort of a testing method to see what was going on. Okay. So, the most foolproof idea involved covering up the entire kitchen floor, sealing off the entire room for three months. Nobody went in there. A television crew and several witnesses documented the process. Even a notary was present. Wow. To back up the claims. There were even uh, precautions taken at this time that would supposedly make it impossible to tamper with the floor undetected. Okay. So three months after that, the grand reveal showcased another development in the case. Okay. The faces were still there. 
but they had moved. What? And changed. I'm sorry. Yes. Moved? Moved locations. I do not like that. So going back to the excavation, the excavation beneath the kitchen obviously seemed like a good idea at first, seeing what was going on. Okay. However, after removing the skeletons, they found hidden under the ground. The family enjoyed a peaceful period, obviously, as I said, about two weeks. After those two weeks, not only did the faces returned, return, <laughs> but they greatly increased in quantity, oh. which you might see some pics of that. Instead yeah. of just like a singular face. There's multiple now. There are a variety of faces all appearing at the same time. The faces would appear as male, female, young, old, and even change expressions and age over time. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know. I do not like that. Despite the various arguments that have been presented doubting the validity of the Belmez faces, there's at least one paranormal expert out there who's convinced that this was real. Dr. Hans Bender traveled <laughs> from Spain or to Spain from Germany with the sole purpose of seeing the faces in person. Okay. So Dr. Hans was like, I got to get over there. See what's going on. <laughs> so I got to get over there. Doctor. <laughs> I got to get over there. I got to get over there. I got to see the faces. So Dr. Hans Bender was one of several researchers to make the trek. And he was also apparently one of the most excited about this evidence. Okay. Paranormal evidence. In fact, Dr. Bender officially declared the Belmas faces were real and dubbed them the most significant paranormal activity of the 20th century. It's made me feel upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, these pictures are just not... Yeah, I know. I know it. But obviously, as would be expected, the first person witness account of the faces hasn't convinced the skeptics. What are the what, so let's talk about the theories of what okay what it could be okay what do you think it could be I don't know let's start with the Cassandra theory <laughs> some of these are disturbing so like is there a ghost like etching it and then erasing it I don't know it's weird. like maybe he I don't know like there's a ghost like I just feel like Maria living in Spain in the 1970s wouldn't just like make something like this up. Yeah, like she's bored and she's like, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a museum out of my house and have people come and visit and I'm going to get money out of it. Yeah, like what money is she getting out of it? Nothing, right? Well, they do eventually. Oh. Because there's so many people that want to go see it. So Can you not still just see gonna... it today? So we'll get there. Okay. Okay. One I don't know what it is. I have no theory. Okay, so one strange theory is that this is an example of photography. Some people believe that photography, for those who do not know what that is, which I did not, is the ability to burn images into objects with one's mind. A form of telekinesis, if you will. Okay. So if this Maria Gomez has this ability, regardless of whether she knew it or not, it's, it's uh, possible that she thought the faces of Belmez into existence. In a nutshell, this, the theory behind photography explains that some people are able to manifest their emotions and thoughts into another physical form if they choose to concentrate them that way. Okay. Believers in photography point out that the faces on the floor seem to move and change with Maria's moods. This would basically suggest that the faces are sort of mood ring or something. Of sorts. <laughs> but this is obviously a far-fetched theory. Yeah, I don't know about that. And after all, photography enthusiasts say if this were true, the faces would go away after Maria's death, which is not what happened. Oh. So the mayor of the city is like, you know what? I got to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> I got to step in. I, it's time. This is the time for me to, to investigate. Sorry, my allergies are kind of getting bad all of a sudden. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> I was just adding why I'm sniffing. Okay. The mayor became involved in the mystery after the faces reappeared on the family's newly finished concrete floor. Oh, God. At his request, one of the faces was removed and taken to a lab for analysis. Okay. Okay. 
But unfortunately... Seems smart. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The removal of the face did not lead to any definitive conclusions regarding its origins. Why wouldn't they test the darker material? So they did. And I didn't want to throw a bunch of scientific information in here, but basically it was like this percent of this chemical makeup and this percent of this chemical makeup. And we'll get into it a little bit, but I didn't want to... There was a lot on it, but... Can't go too far. Basically. Yeah. Lose listeners. It was inconclusive, essentially. After attempting to remove the faces for good, Marie and her family discovered that they had in fact become more active than ever before. So as we were talking about, the faces began rapidly cycling through different forms and shapes. So one face will disappear and a new one will appear? Right. Move to a different spot. (laughs) Frequently transforming from adults to children, from men to women... The faces didn't stay put in one location. Instead, they spread across a larger section of the That's kitchen disgusting. floor. What was once a single stain became a full-blown <laughs> paranormal face situation. Uh, Just random faces all over the place. So this woman, Maria, lived in lived with the Belmes faces from 1971 until her death in 2004. She didn't. She didn't move. She was like, you know what? I'm not moving. I mean, they didn't do anything to hurt her. No. It's just weird. Since that time, there have been rumors circling about the continued existence of the faces. Some claim that they never went away at all. So we don't know. I don't think you can still go see this. While others believe they returned when Pedro Amoros visited the house. This Pedro guy was a psychic researcher. Indicated he discovered new faces of Belmez. And at the time, a local newspaper called El Mundo published a report stating that this guy, Pedro, faked the entire thing. So we don't know. Don't know. Don't know if it's real. So that newspaper found a link between the municipal government of this Pedro and the government, which led to the conclusion that they'd combined forces to stage an elaborate hoax to attract tourists. That's what that newspaper said. But how would they? I just don't know. Some people thought it was like a chemical wash, like this like acid you would rub on it, and it would make this weird. So we'll get there. Okay. There are still a lot of unanswered questions surrounding the mystery of the Belmez faces, including whether or not they are truly supernatural in origin, obviously. Some versions of the story allege that Maria, her son, staged the entire thing as a hoax. Others claim Maria was not only, I mean, the son was not only in on the hoax, but also made a lot of money from it. And that's why he did it, which I don't know how you get that idea. Yeah, and you're like, I don't I'm gonna, know. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. It feels like there's sure. better ideas to make some money. So the chemical analysis results prove that no paint was present on the floor. Other sources indicate that the ICV analysis, which is some chemical analysis, didn't prove that the faces weren't, were not made of paint. In other words, the consensus is that there's no solid answer to what this is. So one thing's like, no, there was no paint. And the other thing was like, well, you can't prove that there was no paint. Just a hot mess. Yeah. Another investigation of the faces, this one more recently in 2014. Oh. In which a popular investigative journalism TV show, Cuerto Millennial, <laughs> presented by Iker Jimenez, carried on a technical analysis in order to discover the possible hoax. Okay. The research was conducted by Jose Javier Grasinea. <laughs> Sorry, that was hard to read. Yeah. Who was a doctor in chemical engineering and general, general manager of Medco. And so just some important people, basically. Yeah, yeah. I would mention all their names, but they are very intense Spanish long names. Yeah, that sounds... Okay. Difficult to pronounce. So all of these very important people. Okay. Okay. So after extracting <laughs> samples from okay. after extracting samples from the faces under the house, <clears throat> under the owner's permission in 2014, mm-hmm. they proceeded to analyze them and concluded that the images quote weren't made with paint, and according to scientific knowledge and techniques employed in the analysis, there is no external manipulation or elements in the faces. They then attempted to reproduce similar images through the variety of methods considered valid in previous investigations, including 
but not limited to concrete solvents, so hydrochloric acid and silver nitrate. Swirling them around to make them look like they changed, but how would they move? I don't know. He declared failure in his attempt to replicate the faces, concluding, quote, the words summarizing his opinions are absolute bewilderment. And that was from 2014. I feel the same way. And that's the Belmez faces. You can see, you can go see them. Today? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go. Yeah, you can go. Isn't that weird? I don't, I do not like that. I've never heard of that before. I have never heard of that before either. I literally had never heard of that. That is very upsetting to me. Yeah. We'll like, post some more pics of... Yeah, um, the other ones. I mean, that one was a good one, but there are other ones that are more, like, Yeah, detailed. they're just, like, all over the place. Like, I just really don't understand how they would choose to do that. Like, some that look, like, very realistic, like, photographs, and some that are, like, cartoony. It's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. I feel like if they were doing it, they would keep it consistent. But, yeah. Okay. I did not like that. I didn't like that. Nope. I did not like that at all. Wow. That was a good one. Whew. One nice faces. Yep. Gross. I know. That is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. I want to go see them. Yeah. There's been no other paranormal activity. It's just the faces. Is that your stomach? that was weird sounded like a wolf did you like my story (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was captivated by it i I know you didn't have much to say well i just i was looking at pictures and listening oh all right i had no okay i mean that's that's rare i've never heard of to never hear hear of a story before i know i know that's why you would like it I searched, because I knew I wanted to try something in Europe, because I feel like we know a lot of the stuff here, so yeah, I tried to find something I didn't hear of before, so I searched mysteries in Europe, or hauntings in Europe, and I found that. Wow. Mm-hmm. 700-year-old so, skeletons. Yeah, in the, in the basement, or below your floor. Below the kitchen, where the faces are appearing. So, seems like a problem. And then it seems like something we should rectify. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a good one. Thank you. I know. I'm excited about it. That was a good one. Never heard it before. <sighs> I know. Keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my story is two stories. Oh. Because, <clears throat> well, they're in the same category. Oh. So, National Park Disappearances. Oh. Yeah. So, when I Googled this, I was like, this, this, my photo clue was the scariest photo clue, so that's why I used it. I didn't like it. But it's a really short story. Oh, okay. So, then I have a long story afterwards, which okay. is after that. But I had never heard of this one. So, just a little background on the National Park System. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you holding your microphone like that? Because I want to lean back. And oh, sure. Okay. The United States National Park System alone, Hmm. there are more than 84 million acres of preserved woods, deserts, mountains, and other other wilderness. Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the past 100 years, there have been a number of cases of hikers going missing. Many of those who vanished were young children, (laughs) inexperienced hikers, but some were healthy and seasoned outdoors people. Hmm. So there was no reason for them to... Uh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most hiking experts would say <clears throat> that the missing hikers made common mistakes like taking on more than they could handle or failing to turn back by sunset and oh. they just got lost. Okay. So that leads me to my photo clue, which is that really scary photo. <laughs> I do not like it. Of that girl. It's a girl? It's a girl. Okay. And um, her name is Catherine Van Alst, and she was eight years old. That sounds familiar to me. Hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I don't know. Okay. I never heard of her before. Okay. In 1946, in Devil's Den State Park 
in Arkansas, um, in the Ozark National Forest. The Ozarks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Catherine was with her family for a, quote, day of fun at Devil's Den Dam. In the Ozarks? Yeah. (laughs) Day of fun. (laughs) While playing with her brothers in the, so there's like a, like a pool of water. They call it a washout. It's just basically like a little, like a little. Okay. Reservoir. Um, Catherine wandered off and got, went missing. Like, what are you thinking? A. Don't take your, how old was she? Don't take your eight-year-old girl child to the Ozarks. <laughs> um, <laughs> she just wandered off. And um, after an extensive search, she was found six days later sitting in a cave. What? What do you mean? <laughs> okay. Sitting in a cave. Ew. I'm going to sneeze. Okay. Nah. Sounds <laughs> You got to put that in the episode. Okay. You haven't done it in a while. I know. Okay. Sitting in a cave. Sitting in a cave. 600 feet higher in elevation. What? <laughs> the search and rescue team estimated that, that Catherine, who was barefoot, uh, wearing a bathing suit, uh, would have have to co- have covered between 20 and 30 miles to hold reach on. that. What? <laughs> to reach that location on foot. Oh my God. She did that by herself? They don't know. Okay. So what makes her disappearance even weirder is that when she is was that found... that she's terrifying looking? <laughs> when she was found after six days, she was remarkably calm. The oh. uh, University of Arkansas student Porter Chadwick oh. was, a pu- was a part <laughs> of the search party that found Catherine. Porter Chadwick. He told the media that when she was found she walked out of the cave and she goes here i am Ooh, <laughs> i don't like that yeah can you imagine like, porter chadwick is probably like what the heck <laughs> porter, chadwick. <laughs> porter chadwick was like i did not sign up for this when i yeah <laughs> when i enrolled in this archaeology class Porter Chadwick was yeah. not. Porter Chadwick having... was like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Talk about an alarming occurrence. Yes. So <laughs> many suggest that something chased Catherine, which was why she strayed so far from the camp. Okay. Me, I don't remember what I was like when I was eight, but I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I was like when I was eight years like, old, but I don't think I could walk like, 30 I wanted miles. that for my eighth birthday. I'm like, how do you remember that? I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, remember my 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th I think I birthday. remember my 10th. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, it's weird. Birthdays? No, not really. Yeah. Like, it's all oh, blur. I wanted that for my third birthday. Like, yeah. what? How do you no. remember that? I don't remember that. Okay. Anyways. So, many, uh, many other hikers have gotten lost in that part of the Ozarks, but we're not as lucky. Uh-oh. A grown woman was found, was lost there for 17 days and died just 50 yards from the road. <gasps> yeah, that's upsetting. What? How'd you die? I don't know. Okay. I'm just citing 50 it. yards from the road. 50 yards. That's uh, that's very upsetting. Yes. So, they basically don't know why she went missing for that long. And I don't six know. Six days? Six days. And she was fine. She was like, here I am. Like that she is eat anything? What is? Yeah, she was like, well, the picture. She looked like she was probably dehydrated and ew. All right. She was like completely fine. She was like, hi. Okay. So that was really short. <clears throat> what year was that? 1946. Oh, all right. So we can't talk to her now. Yeah. Okay. So that was the that was my photo clue. But I just wanted to use that photo clue because it was scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is really weird. Yeah. So Catherine Va- Van. Yeah, that's creepy. Catherine Van Alst. Wow. Just went went missing. I tried to find more like stuff about it. I found the article, but there's like nothing. It's just like it's just weird. We found her. Yeah. And she's like <laughs> and she looks like that. And I yeah. think this creepy freaking <laughs> Manny, can you meow? No. I heard him sniff <laughs> in the microphone. Okay. Sniff. So my second my second uh, story mm-hmm. is, takes place in 1928. You may have heard of this one. Okay. In the Grand Canyon National Park mm-hmm. of, of Bessie and Cl- Glenn Hyde. 
No, I don't think so. Okay, you might know as I tell the story. Okay. Me and you. Bessie Hyde and her husband, Glenn. Bessie Hyde. <laughs> I like that name. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like a, like Bonnie, like and, Bonnie Clyde. and Clyde. Yeah. yeah. Bessie Hyde. Bessie Hyde and her husband, Glenn. Okay. Set off on a honeymoon trip on the Green and Colorado Rivers in 19, uh, October 1928. That's where they went? They were going on a river, river rafting trip. All the way down the Grand Canyon, or all the way down the Colorado River. Okay. So back then, they didn't have any commercial river trips. Well, right. It was for seasoned experts and professional expeditions only. There wasn't a tour guide. Yeah. They had no life jackets, no specialist wet weather gear. They didn't learn from the Titanic? Get those life jackets? (laughs) (laughs) There was no, like, Airbnb experience. Yeah, no. um, Okay. I didn't have any lunch included. <laughs> Was lunch included? Oops. Okay. Um, Interesting. So they had a homemade boat. What do you mean a homemade boat? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll explain. Uh, and the boat was called Rain in the Face. <laughs> Rain in the Face? Yes. Okay, I love it. <laughs> uh, Glenn was an expert boat builder who oh, built... Oh, all right. Who built? The I feel 20, better now. Yeah, the twenty-foot-long wooden seep. I think it's seep sweep scow. <laughs> sweep scow. <laughs> Tilly Pearsall's in. Tilly Pearsall's in. <laughs> and had a rafting experience on the Salmon and Snake Rivers in Idaho a couple years earlier. So oh, he like right. sort of he's knew fine. What he was doing okay. Sort but of. when you see the picture of the boat, you're like, it's definitely a 1928 boat. Okay. In contrast, Bessie had no idea what the hell she was doing. Well, right, yeah. She was very upset that they were doing this thing. Um, Glenn was determined to set a new speed record for traveling through the Grand Canyon. On her honeymoon, he wants to set a speed record? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know what? Why don't you do that another day? But why don't we just relax here for a minute? <laughs> On her honeymoon, you want to set a speed record? <laughs> Very weird. All right. Red flag. And <laughs> red flag. Speed records on her honeymoon. And, but he also wanted Bessie to make history as the first documented woman to run. I say do that on another day. <laughs> Not your honeymoon. Yeah. Okay. Seems Sorry. like a weird time. All right. She wants to be the first speed record woman. <laughs> Going down a river. Bessie Hyde was 22. This reminds me of the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. she was 22. She was an aspiring poet, artist, and bohemian. Oh, love it. Yeah. She probably had great fashion sense. Probably. The Hyde's plan was that they would run the river and then go on a lecture circuit and make money retelling their adventure. On their honeymoon. Yeah. They're going to set a speed record and then they're going to work <laughs> doing some lectures. <laughs> I don't know who came up with the term honeymoon, but in the 1920s, they did not have a good idea. Money hoon. <laughs> <laughs> Money hoon. Money hoon? Why not moon? Money hoon. Why hoon? <laughs> Honeymoon. Money hoon. Oh. I thought you were saying like they're making money. So it's like no. Money. <laughs> money hoon. Or a money moon. Yeah. yeah. But I was just reversing. I see. Okay. Like, okay. Right. The couple were last seen. Oh. Shoot. On November 18th, 1928. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, you're talking about the lectures. Yes. The couple, okay, the couple were last seen. No. On November 18th, 1928. Their boat was found in early December. So they were last seen in November. And then they their boat was found in early December, three oh. weeks later. Oh, it was found floating upright around uh, River Mile 237, filled with belongings, and the supplies were strapped in, but Glenn and Bessie were nowhere to be seen. Perfect. Gone. Shoot. It's very stressful. There's evidence that they made it as far as River Mile 225, where they may have made camp. Ugh. A huge search turned up no trace of the couple. It's a bird box or something. Yeah. What, just because they were on the river? Yeah. <laughs> On December 19th, a search plane spotted their boat adrift. Ooh. 
around okay. around River Mile 237. Right, when the rescue boat, said. what? That's what you just said. 237. I know, oh, but I'm, okay, I'm explaining. I'm sorry. Um, in more detail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when they the rescue party reached the boat, they found food, clothing, books, and Bessie's journal. Ooh. As well as a camera, which revealed the final photo. <gasps> do we have that photo? We do. Let me see. The final photo to have been shot near River Mile 165 on or about November 27th. The last entry in Bessie's journal was on November 30th, written near Diamond Creek. What's her last name? Bessie... <laughs> Hide. Hide. Oh, here we go. Okay. Never heard of this. Starting on November 20th, 1928, the Hides started their adventure in the city of Green River, Utah, and made a successful run through many major rapids of the Green and Colorado Rivers. They estimated that it would take them no more than a month and a half to complete their journey. Almost a month into their trip, they spent a few days restocking at Grand Canyon Village on the South Rim on November 16th. Hmm. At this time, they talked to a reporter from the Denver Post, assuming that their final destination, Needles, in California, was just a few weeks away. Okay. They hiked along the Bright Angel Trail, where they met brothers Ellsworth and Emery Kolb. 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 Famous, Famous photographers who ran a cliffside studio. Glenn and Bessie went to the studio, introduced themselves, explaining they were honeymooners who had been rafting on the river for 26 days. 26 days? Speed speed challenge. (laughs) The Cole brothers said that the couple asked to have their photo taken on the canyon rim Mm. and that they would return to retrieve it after the trip was completed. Never got it. Their photo? That's the photo. Is it them standing there? Yeah. Oh, no. Yep. They look like... I don't know. It's like crazy to think that this is from like the 20s because they look like. I know. Like more recent than that. I don't know if it's like this Bessie girl. She looks more like modern. Do you know what I mean? Well, she was bohemian. Like her hair cut. She has like a <laughs> lob, hair. like a long bob. Yeah. Like she looks not from the 20s. I, I don't know. know. Okay, sorry. That's it's okay. It's creepy. Yeah. So, according to Emery Kolb, Glenn said that they did not have life preservers. A comment that evoked a warning from Kolb and said, and, and Glenn was like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ha ha ha. Kolb offered the couple life preservers, but they were like, no, don't worry about it. Uh, Saying that they could swim in anything. Okay. Like, okay. Bessie said, uh, or Bessie looked nervous about their remaining journey ahead. As Glenn and Bessie prepared to depart and walk down the trail to the boat, Emery Kolb's daughter, Emily, appeared. Bessie remarked, I wonder if I shall ever wear pretty shoes again. Oh. People who encountered the couple during their layover, or like whenever they were stopping, Mm -hmm. would claim that Bessie would uh, seem to want to end the trip. Like, she was over over it. I mean, I would be too after 26 days of trekking on a river. Yeah. You kidding a, me? Yeah. I'm over it at that on point. On your honeymoon. Not a good honeymoon. On your money hoon. Manny! Look at her. Like, yeah, she looks like she's from like this, like 2019. She's not. I know, but like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she looks so much different than this guy to me in this picture. Like, it's creeping uh, me out a little bit. Yeah, I guess a little bit. Right? Am I just weird? I don't know. Well, can we post that pic? Yeah, we'll post the pic. She... Okay, I'm sorry. I gotta stop looking at it because it's creeping me out a little bit. So, sh- Bessie left. We They left the cold. She was pissed that she wasn't going to wear ever wear pretty shoes again. Okay. I'd be too, I guess. Yeah. It is said that a man named Adolf G. Sutro... Wow, what a name. <laughs> ...accompanied... The couple back into the canyon, taking photographs and even riding a short distance with them in the boat. Okay. If this is true... This Adolf guy could have... Adolf was likely the last person to see them alive. Mm. Did he murder them? I don't know. Okay. 
By early December, Glenn and Bessie had not been heard of. Emery Kolb initiated a search of the area. Oh, nice. There's a photographer who just took their picture. was like, probably should They didn't start come looking. back. Didn't come back. That was nice. They started a search of the area that included a small plane that flew through the inner gorge of the canyon. And that's when they saw the boat. The boat. And that was caught, and it was caught in the rocks on the river, 15 miles south of uh, Diamond Creek. The assumption was that somewhere in the canyon, they were on a ledge waiting to be found after 21 days. Oh, no. Which, uh, but all their supplies were on the boat. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make Why sense they to leave me. the supplies? Yeah. They got lost. I right. Okay. So. I'm, like, waiting for the story, like, waiting for them to, like, survive. But I know they're not going to. It's an unsolved podcast. <laughs> 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 when so we're going back to when the rescue party found the boat yep they found the, uh, a camera which revealed the final photo to have been shot near river mile 165 um on or around the 27th mm, yeah the journal was on the last journal entry was on november 30th what did it say in the journal i don't know oh i'm not sure um <sighs> Probably writing like I'm so over this. So <laughs> <laughs> I can try. Like, I can my honeymoon try to find sucks. it. If you want to look it up and try to find my it, my honeymoon sucks. Honeymoon sucks. We're doing the speed challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Glenn's father, age seventy at the time, hired a group of men to search the canyon within the area where Glenn and Bessie likely traveled near Diamond Creek. He even enlisted the two photographers. But after 41 days of searching, they had no success. Now. What? Since the couple's disappearance, <laughs> there have been plenty of mysterious stories. Did you find the journal? Um, yeah, I'm trying to find the last one, though. Oh. Keep going. What happened out there on the river? The obvious answer was that they both died in the rapids, but why was the boat found intact and upright? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And some of them were uh, thinking that maybe Bessie killed Glenn and then disappeared, or Glenn killed Bessie. Probably very upset about their horrible honeymoon. Yeah, (laughs) because Bessie was over it, and Glenn wanted to keep going. So, some friends of uh, Georgie Clark, a woman who has gained fame for her rafting adventures in the Grand Canyon speculate that she is actually Bessie Hyde. What? So a potential link between Georgie and Bessie started when friends were looking through her personal items following Georgie's death in 1992. What? Manual. Oh. People who had known her for decades had never been invited into her home. Upon looking at Clark's personal effects, her friends learned that her birth certificate indicated that her real name was Bessie DeRoss, not Georgie. Clark or Georgie White, um, which was another surname that she sometimes used. The latter two were the last names of her husband that she had divorced. So uh, her friend's curiosity raised when they found the marriage license of Glenn and Bessie Hyde at her home, Uh, a pistol in her uh, drawer. Not looking good. Not looking good. Colorado Colorado River historian Brad Dimmick, Dimmick, Mm -hmm. whose book Sunk Without a Sound, The Tragic Colorado River Honeymoon of Glenn and Bessie Hyde. I can't find the last journal entry, by the way, so it's fine. Okay. In, investigates the couple's story and subsequent theories examined the items from Clark's home and concluded from fo- photographs that Clark and Bessie Hyde were not the same person. Okay. The two women didn't even resemble each other, and it's likely that the two items were souvenirs. Oh. So, like... Okay. okay. On a, a, night- waste of- <laughs> a waste of... A waste of... On a 1971 commercial boat trip, an elderly woman called Liz Cutler. That was the same year as the Belmez, 1971. Manny. Manny, yo. 1971, the Belmez faces. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an elderly woman 
Liz Cutler announced over the evening campfire that she was like, I'm Bessie High. <laughs> she probably had too much margaritas or something. <laughs> and somebody said... I'm Bessie High. <laughs> George Bill... George. <laughs> George. George. George Billingsley. Gosh, they had much better names back then. <laughs> Bessie Hodge and George Billingsley? I love that. George Billingsley. Yes. This is in 1971. Liz Cutler just said that she's Bessie Hyde. And George is like, what'd you do with Glenn? Laughing. And Liz said, I killed him. Oh. The woman answered without looking up. The hunt, she said the honeymoon, honeymooners had a fight. She added, she added that she stabbed Glenn. What? Hiked out to Peach Springs, Arizona. Peach then caught Spring. Peach Springs. <laughs> <laughs> then caught a bus back back east, back east to start a new life. Manny, hey. Okay. I mean, all right. She went out. She was like killed Glenn. Let Went to Peach to Springs. Peach Springs. Went back, got on a bus back east to start a new Man, life. Talk about depressing, all right? Yeah. Sounds Further good. investigations failed to prove a link between the woman and the disappearances, and she was identified as a psychology professor from Ohio who liked to play mind games. I mean, okay. <laughs> Lady. What she's the heck? Okay, she's a psychology professor and she likes to play mind games. She should probably not be a psychology professor. Okay, you freak show. Like, yeah, also like back then I like how you're like, I'm so-and-so. Like you yeah. can't do that today. No, no, you get in trouble. Got your driver's license. <laughs> Did they not have driver's license? In 1971? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, 1971. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. In 1976, a male skeleton was found on the property oh. of Emery Kolb. Oh, Kolb. The is that the photographer? The photographer. What? Yes. Uh, I knew he had something to do with that. Hidden in his garage. What? <laughs> okay. And was believed to be Glenn's, but analysis of the bones showed it was too young to have been him. And it still, what the heck is a body doing in this guy's garage? It was too young to be to have been him. It was determined to have been a manual laborer due to the high muscle mass. Uh, exhibited oh. by the remains. Okay. Manny? Manny, please. Uh... <laughs> the skull features did not match Glenn. So they were like, this is okay. Glenn. But I don't know why there was a male skeleton hidden in the I think that's garage. very concerning. <laughs> like, warrants probably further investigation. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, like, oh, all right. It's oh, fine. It's not Glenn. So I don't know. So it doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> okay. Creepy. To this day, the disappearance of Glenn and Bessie <clears throat> Hyde on the Colorado River remains a mystery. Wow. But all we know is that they were lost in the area of mile 232, 45 mm-hmm. miles from the end of the Grand Canyon. Wow. I wonder if they saved the boat. You know? Huh? Like if they... Oh, if the boat the still boat. exists somewhere? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Let's wow. look it up. Yeah, I couldn't find the last journal entry. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But... Yeah, did you see the boat? It's like yeah, it's it looks like, like a just like a giant canoe kind of. Yeah, like it looks. This picture of them, they're smiling. I know. I they know look. Why that picture is weird to me? There's a few photos of them. Yeah, it's very uh, yeah. So we don't know. Who knows? <gasps> wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yes, that was really good. Disappearance of Glenn and Bessie Hyde. Man. Yeah, I really would like to know where their boat is, if they if we still have the boat. Yeah, I feel like that'd be... I mean, if it's from the 20s, though, you know? Well, they have a piece of the Titanic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll have to see. I'll have to look and see if I can find out. Like in a boat. museum somewhere? Like in a national park thing? Maybe. Maybe Grand it's the Grand Canyon. That is somewhere we still haven't gone, right? To Grand Canyon? I've never been. Me either. I just want to go. Pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just go? Okay. <laughs> it's not really that easy of a drive. Uh, I mean, it's not. No. To the Grand Canyon? I mean, it's like 15 hours. I mean, we could do it in two days. Maybe okay. We'll, maybe we'll fly. Yeah, maybe we'll fly. <laughs> wow, that was good. Two unexpected stories. Glad and Bessie Hyde. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea you were going to do that one. I've never heard of it. Well, I never heard of yours. Wow. 
Good job. The bell of faces. I know. Creepy. I'm going to try and do another one next week that none of us knows. <laughs> none of us. It really does sound like a prescription medication. Belmez? <laughs> it's the name of the city. <laughs> Belmez. Talk to your doctor today about Belmez. <laughs> <laughs> if Belmez is right for you. Doesn't it? <laughs> Common side effects. Yeah, common side effects. Include, but are not limited to. <laughs> Facial changes. Nausea. <laughs> Facial changes. Suddenly changing from a man to a woman. <laughs> and from an old woman to a young child. Into a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is funny. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor today about Belmez. <laughs> Belmez is right for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's it. On that note. On that note. Oh. Well, <laughs> what a great week. What a great week. So uh, we'll be back. We'll be back again. This time zone. I mean, this time change is <laughs> no, throwing it's 10 me off. p.m. and it's weird. It's a weird day. Yeah. I woke up and I was like, I thought you were still sleeping. Oh, it was like God. 11 a.m. I was like, why isn't Stephanie not awake yet? I was at South by Southwest. And I like, I went, I swung open your door and I was like, wake up. <laughs> oh. I told you I was going there. I forgot. Oh. All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram or at Mark's Mystery. You can email us. Has Mark's anyone emailed us? Nobody's emailed us. People just send an email and be like, hey. Yeah. Like, it, just say, hey, I'm listening to you. Like, yeah, that's, that's all you have to know. say. Hey. How about, and we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, if you say, hey, I'm listening to you, we'll give you a shout out or something. We need to have some kind of promotional, present. like, if you leave us a rating or subscribe on iTunes or Instagram, in, promote us on Instagram or something or Twitter, we'll give you something. Anything. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet, but we'll figure it out. So, <laughs> all right. Um, that's it. That's it. Beep. Adios. Adios. Beep. Beep.